okay. I want to thank you all for being here this morning. Uh, you know, I love that song, Because He Lives. You know, there is so much truth in that song. It ought to just, it ought to just really lift us up. Because He lives, I shall live also. When we really think about what Jesus did for us on that cross, we ought to be so grateful and so thankful that we want to be in his house, we want to worship him, we want to bow down to him. We need to lift up our God in our heart, in our mind, and in our soul. I just, I just that, that song just really, that's a song that when my, when my time comes, I want that song at my service. Because he lives, I shall live also. And, uh, but uh, <clears throat> Thursday, I went over and uh, visited with uh, Roy and Pat Bramlett. Uh, Pat is still not doing very well. Uh, she went Friday to have a CAT scan. And uh, don't know the results yet. Of course, they'll have to do the CAT scan. They'll have to send it off to get it read and all of that. But she's still having some confusion problems. And uh, I think they can probably clear it up once they get her on the right antibiotic and uh, everything. She's got some other problems going on. So y'all just keep them in prayer. Everything. Me and uh, Roy and I talked for a little bit, and and everything. And he was he's concerned, and which rightfully, as a husband, he should be. But he that we prayed, and he knows that God's going to touch her. I know that God's going to touch her. Uh, I've been through them with a lot of stuff at the hospitals and different places, and God's always, always came through, and He'll do it again. And uh, so y'all keep patting them in prayer. And uh, so, but anyway, uh, I just wanted to let y'all know, you know, they've been out for a little while, and why they're out and they're not here is she is still trying to recover from the confusion that's going on in her mind. And so y'all keep them in prayer. Uh, she did call me, well, her granddaughter called that lives over in Dallas. They're moving over here to by close to Springtown and they said they would be coming to church she's got another granddaughter that's moved out here or fixing to move out here between Weatherford and Alito and she says they will be coming to church so uh, she's always telling her grandkids y'all get out here with me you're going to go to church and that's what we need to tell all of our friends our neighbors hey you need to be in church and uh because there's going to be that day coming that they're going to wish, hey, I wish I'd have known Jesus. And uh, my message this morning, I guess some things just kind of hit me that I was thinking about. You know, and I've been telling a message, when your way isn't working, sometimes our ways just don't work. We think they should. Hey, they've worked before. But all of a sudden, what you're trying to do is not working for you. And I've uh, got something here I want to share with you. And I'm going to start out with a scripture. 
and uh, it may seem kind of like a strange scripture to use for this, but when I get down in here, you'll understand something. But it's in uh, Luke chapter 5, verse 2 through 7. Now this here is when Peter, excuse me, when Jesus uh, was uh, talking with the people and everything, and he was down by the sea. There was a couple ships down there. Well, one of them happened to be Peter's, and he don't say who the others belonged to, but they were fishermen friends of Peter. And, uh, and Jesus was wanting to speak to the people, but he had to kind of get away from them. So he got in one of the boats and moved out just a little bit. And this is where this kind of starts. Uh, it says, and Jesus saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And Jesus entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, or that's Peter and told him that if he would just thrust out a little from the land, and Jesus sat down, and he taught the people out of the ship. So Jesus moved out to kind of have room to talk and to the people. You know what he was telling them? He was telling them about his Father God in heaven, and what he came to do, and what he was going to do. And, uh, <clears throat> and, so, and now, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now listen to what Peter's going to say. See, Peter, Jesus already knew that Peter and them had been out fishing all night and they didn't do anything. They did not catch any fish. So Jesus is going to show Peter, you Peter, when I speak, you need to listen. He's also telling us, when he speaks, we need to listen. And uh, it said, And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have worked all night and we have taken nothing. He said, We have fished all night. We did no good at all. We have not taken anything. And now you're telling us we need to launch out. Back then, most fishermen fished at night. That's when they caught their fish. They didn't catch any fish or fish during the day. Listen to what Jesus says, or what Peter says, really. He says, when Jesus told him to launch out into the deep, he says, well, we've worked all night fishing, hadn't taken nothing, but nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. Because you said so, Jesus, I will let down my net for these fish. And when they had done this, let down the net, they caught a great multitude of fish, and their nets began to break. And they called unto their partners who had the other ship, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came, and they filled both the ships with fish. And the ships had so many fish, they began to sink. At Jesus' word, at Jesus' word, Peter said, nevertheless, we've done this all night long. We had no luck whatsoever. But nevertheless, and what you have spoken, I will do. How many of us have heard the voice of Jesus and didn't do it? What would have happened if Peter and them had not obeyed Jesus? They would not have had any fish at all. They was able to take those fish, sell them, and make a good living. You know, and I've got to think... How hard that must have been for Peter to admit to Jesus he had failed. 
How hard is it for us to admit to somebody, hey, look, I made a mistake. I failed. We don't like to do that, do we? We don't like to say, hey, I failed. I made a mistake. Peter, and two, look at this. See, Peter was a professional fisherman. And he knew how to fish. He was good at it. That's how he made his living. But that night, Jesus was going to show Peter, Peter, when I speak, you listen. When I tell you something, be obedient. Obey what I have said. Many times that's what Jesus is saying to us. He wants our obedience. When he says something to us, be obedient, obey him, and watch what happens in your life. You know, sometimes even, and I got to say, you know, sometimes even the best fishermen can fish all night and fail. Peter did. Maybe you have felt this way at times that you have failed. I have. Many times. Lord, I had, I mean, I've been to the Lord. Lord, I knew I should have done something and I didn't do it. I knew I should have done it. Lord, I failed you. You know, and when I had to tell, tell Jesus, I said, Lord Jesus, I failed you. That was hard to do. That was hard to do. Because I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart. I don't want him to be angry at me. I don't want him to look down at me. I want him to say, Bill, when I tell you something, I know you're going to be obedient. I try to. I really try to. And I think all of us try to. But there are sometimes things just happen that sometimes, you know, it's just like our best doesn't seem to be enough. We can do the best thing that we think we're doing, and sometimes we face situations, really, they're out of our control. Things happen that we have no control over. You know, there are things that take place in our life that we cannot control. We can't control the economy. We can't control the weather. And you can't control many of the things that affect your life simply because sometimes things just happen. You know, we have to remember, we have an enemy out there that is coming against you and everything that you want to do to please Jesus. He wants to discourage you. He wants you to fail. He wants you to feel so bad for yourself that you say, Lord, I know I can't please you. Lord, there's no sense in me even trying to serve you. Have you ever got to that point where you just said, Lord, I'm a failure. I'm not doing what I think you want me to do. How do you feel? Can you imagine how Peter must have felt? So what you do, you do when you keep trying, but don't have that much to show for your effort. Sometimes we just keep on and keep on, but yet we don't have much to show for effort. Peter fished all night. He didn't give up. He fished all night till the break of day and didn't do any good. He come in. Jesus told him, said, Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a, a for a catch. Peter told us, Lord, I fished all night and I have not done no good. Why would I do this? See, the fish, they, all fishermen fished at night. Like I said, that's when the fish, they caught the fish. They didn't fish through the day. They slept, they rested, but they worked at night. And Jesus, I mean, Peter was saying to himself, why should I do this? But then he realized who he was talking to. What did he call him? Master. 
Master. Master, we've toiled all night and hadn't done any good. But nevertheless, nevertheless, Lord, I'm going to obey you and do what you have just told me to do. And they launched out. And they was catching so many The nets were beginning to break. He had to call for help. He brought out another boat. And they loaded both boats with so many fish, they said that the boats began to sink by obeying what Jesus had said. Sometimes we have to just kind of weigh out some things. And we have to do what Jesus tells us to do. And sometimes we question him. I'll guarantee you everybody in here has questioned Jesus. You have. You have questioned Jesus. Jesus, how do I know this will work? Jesus said, because I said it would. Peter could have said, Jesus, I'm not going to do this. And he said, but nevertheless, I will be obedient and obey you. Sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to be obedient, and we have to obey Jesus. You know, and you know, when things start going bad for us, you know, one of the first things we need to do, one of the very first things we need to do is to let Jesus in the boat with us. When you're going through some things, invite Jesus into your boat. Let him get in that boat with you. You need to let Jesus be first in your life. Let him take control. Let him be the center of your life. Sometimes we want to put him on that back burner, they say. No, he needs to be on that front burner. He needs to be the head of our life. He needs to control our life. We need to listen to him. Once you let Jesus get into your boat, then you need to admit something. And most of us don't want to admit this. Lord, my way isn't working. My way isn't working. And then, have enough courage to say, Jesus, would you take over and run the boat? Would you take over and run this boat? Because my way is not working. You know, the Bible has a name for admitting your way isn't working. Anybody know what that word is? Try confession. Confession. Lord, when we come to Jesus and we confess, Lord, I'm a sinner. We're confessing. We don't, we don't like to admit that. But when we say, Lord, I'm a sinner, forgive me and come into my life, your whole life changes immediately, right then and there. You've got a new life starting. The old life has passed away. You've got a new life. And it's, like I said, when we admit something, it's called confession, and it can be hard because we hate to admit that we're wrong, and we hate to admit that we need help. How many of you hate, hate to admit that, oh, I can do this all by myself. I don't need any help. Sometimes it's hard for people to admit, hey, I need help. I need help in this. And we don't like to do that. We don't like to do that. And uh, why is it so hard for us to admit that our way isn't working? Why is it hard for us to do that? Why can't we just not say, hey, 
Look, I've tried, and I've, I see that my way isn't working. I need some help. We don't want to do that, especially men. You want to be macho. I do. But I know I need help. What are some of the reasons that we hate to ask for help? I've got about three reasons here, and I'm going to look at them. I want us to listen. Because when I started reading and I started looking, this... It hits you right square in the gut. It hits you. Because you can probably look back and say, uh, that's me. This is the way I see things. This is what's wrong with me. First of all, pride. You know, Jesus in his word says he hates pride. Pride is when we don't admit that we need him. We can do it. I can have it. I don't need Jesus. We need Jesus every day, even to take your next breath. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Pride is one of the worst things that we can have in our life. You don't want anybody to think that you can't handle your job, that you need help. I don't know why men are like that. And women are too, but mostly men. You want to look like you're in charge. You have it all together. Most of the time, I don't even know where I put stuff. If I, if I have sometimes I have to ask Linda, where did I put that? She says, that top drawer in the left corner. Guess where it's at? That top drawer in that left corner. I put it there, but I don't remember it. Sometimes we need help, whether we want to admit we need help or not. You want to think that you want to think and you want us to think that you can do everything by yourself, that you're an in charge person. Even if it means working twelve or fourteen hours a day just to keep from admitting you need help. I some of you in here work a lot of hours. Dale does. Beverly does. Nearly all of the workers. Work long hours to take care of your family. Peter worked a lot of hours. He worked at night. But he come to that point in Peter's life. He said, Lord, I've done this, but listen. Nevertheless, I'm going to listen to you and do what you said. Peter had a very successful night. Day, not night, day. Because he listened to Jesus. You just need, sometimes we just need to admit you need help and see how much easier things become in your life. I got to thinking when I, when I did that. And I, want, I, want, I want to show you something right here. I got to thinking, and this, this is what I, I, I thought, this is what I put down. I know I need help being the pastor of this church. I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm not going to do this by myself. I've got hospital calls, home visits, funerals, preparing sermons, uh, preparing funeral messages, out-of-town visits. Yes, I have gone out-of-town to do visits, to visit hospitals, to even to do baptisms out-of-town. 
I'm always seem like I'm on the go. And uh, just the preparing of sermons. You can ask Linda. A lot of times I go down in my office that morning and I may not come back upstairs till sometime afternoon, one, two, three o'clock in the evening. I'm spending my time with Jesus. I'm listening to him. Lord, what do you want? It's not what I want, it's what he wants. That's what I want you to get. What he wants you to have. Not what I want you to have, but what he wants you to have. He knows so much more than I do. You know, I even had to admit that. There's been times I had to admit, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't listen to you. You know so much more than I, and I thought I had this all under control. Forgive me. And I imagine we've all been in that spot at one time or another. But you know, I have help in this church. I've got Tommy. Tommy does a lot of stuff here. You know, Tommy does a whole lot of the maintenance of this building. The air conditioning, working on that, watching over things. He does just so much. And it's just like, uh, it's hard just to say what all he does, but a lot of the stuff he does saves his church money because he takes care of it instead of having somebody come in and fix it. Got David up there. The sound room. Now that'd be pretty good for me to be here and have to run up there and try to do something and run back down here, wouldn't it? I've got help. And David, he even cleans the church. Make sure you have a clean church. Things are taken care of. Ron, he's up there on that soundboard. He's taking care of stuff. And, and, and during the things we have going on outside, it's like the... like. Okay, Sherry's luncheon. He was he was over there taking care of that. He was up there running the sound for David. He was over there working in, in, in the fellowship hall. Helping with the food, helping get things ready. I was over here. I can't do it. I gotta have help. There's things in your life going on. You are gonna have to have help. You're not gonna do it by yourself. I realize that. And I depend on Tommy on David, on Ronald, and, and two, I want to tell you right now, I depend on you. I depend on you. I depend on the music up here. Y'all don't want me up here singing, honestly. Because I can't sing. Potluck Sunday, you got Pat and Ronald and a lot of you other women over there getting stuff ready to go. I can't go over there and do that. And be over here too. I gotta have help. Sunday school classes. I got people over there doing Sunday school classes while I'm over here getting ready to come up here. We all need help. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell us. You need help. I I am so happy and so glad that I've got the Holy Spirit inside of me. I'll be doing something and all of a sudden something will just quicken to me. And I'll, I'll put it in my sermon. I wasn't even thinking about it. Do you know what quicken means? Quicken means to make alive. Sometimes I'll be doing something and all of a sudden God just speaks and it comes alive in my spirit. And I, I bring that to you what the Holy Spirit has told me to do. 
I want to be obedient. We need to be obedient. And I'm also going to be honest here. I thank God each and every day for each one of you. I need you. And I admit it. I need you. There's no way that a pastor is going to do everything that needs to be done in a church. I have time to take care of the other needs too. I've got enough to do. Tommy's got enough to do. Dave's got enough to do. Ronald's got enough to do. You've got enough to do. But yet, you make time for Jesus. You make time for Jesus. Believe me, Jesus knows you're doing it. And he's honoring you for what you're doing for him. I guarantee you, when you're teaching those Sunday school classes, Jesus is honoring that. You're lifting Jesus up to the kids. You're lifting Jesus up to the adults over there in Sunday school. You're doing your job for Jesus. And he appreciates it. And he'll honor you. I admit it. I need you. I need these men. And I don't hate, you know, and the, it, it's, it's not hard to admit anymore. Because I know that I can't do it. I've got to have somebody I can count on. Somebody I can trust. Somebody, if they say they're going to do it, they're going to do it. I don't have to worry about it. You tell me you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And I believe it. So thank you. Right from the bottom of my heart, thank you. One other thing we need to get out of our system if we want to really serve Jesus. And I know this doesn't apply to any of you, but stubbornness. Being stubborn. What is being stubborn? Most of it, we are unwilling to change the way we do something. We've got a stubbornness. Well, I've done it like this all my life. Yeah, but maybe it's not working anymore. That's what we're talking about, when things don't go our way. When things aren't working for us. Sometimes we need to make changes in our life. We need to make some changes. You know, as I was studying this, all of a sudden, I, I don't know, this just popped up, and it is so true. Listen to this. Do you know the greatest enemy of tomorrow's success? The greatest enemy of, uh, excuse me, the greatest enemy of tomorrow's success is yesterday's success. Because you want to do it the same way. And maybe tomorrow's way in the right way. We have to be willing to change. Get rid of stubbornness. Lord, this isn't working. I'm going to try something else. I know Jesus said, well, praise my Father. You finally woke up. No, it don't always work. Sometimes we have to make changes in our life for it to work. We have to make some changes. In other words, we can't keep, keep doing the same things the same way all the time. Certain things at certain times will require a different way to do it. When you become baffled and don't know how to do it, you ever thought about asking God how to do it? He'll tell you. 
He'll show you. He'll put something there for you to see. Or he'll put something there for you to hear. Wait a minute. Why didn't I think of that? Well, that's so simple. But we was looking at how we did it yesterday. And we wasn't thinking about how we need to do it today. April, do you do the same thing every day the same way? Or do you have to change up sometimes at school? Yeah. You, ha you can't do it the same way all the time. Some things require change. It requires change. So, and the third thing I want to say, and I think this here is probably, hits us all. The fear of what others will think. How many of you ever fear what others will think about what you do? Gosh, will, they, will this please them? Will they criticize me? Will they be unhappy with me? If I do it this way, will they not like me anymore? I'll tell you what you better think about is what he likes. What he wants. He's the one you're going to answer to. You're not going to answer to man. You're going to answer to God. So that's who we need to worry about pleasing and let him be in control of our lives. Let him guide you. You know, you just can't admit... Sometimes, I'm going to go back here, but sometimes you just can't admit that you have fished all night and you hadn't caught nothing. You don't want people to look down. Whoa, they're not doing anything. Have they even tried? You know, Peter was a professional fisherman. He fished all night, but he said, yet, I did no good at all. Sometimes, I used to fish bass tournaments. I fished professional tournaments. I had to make changes. Depending on certain things, depending on the climate, depending on the time of day. And I'd look at them and see, you know, there's certain days fish will feed. And they're, 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 they'd rather not bite, feed, or anything for a day or two. You've got to know what's going on in the lake you go to. You've got to know, on a full moon, you should have fished that night. After the full moon, you want to fish in the day. Fish feed at night on a full moon. There's a lot of things we have to know. Peter always fished at night. He, he never fished through the day. They said, oh, the fish don't bite. We can't catch any fish. They don't group up in the day. Well, they did that day. And God let him know, do it my way, Peter, and you'll come out okay. That's what he's telling us. Do it my way and you'll be okay. Sometimes we have to depend upon God, let him talk to us, listen to what he's telling us. See, sometimes we, we're afraid of what people will think. And I think many of us are afraid to ask Jesus to come into our boat. Why? He may steer that boat in a direction that you don't really want to go. He may turn that boat and go in a direction you don't want to go. Sometimes we need to go in a different direction. We need to do something different. We need to step out of our comfort zone and do things God's way to see what true success really is. God's not going to lead you astray. He loves you too much. He's going to guide you in the right way 
to do the right thing. Sometimes, like I say, you know, when I first become a pastor, that was one of the hardest things. I had to step out of a comfort zone. I never realized, I never thought I would be up here doing this. Never thought it until God told me, I want you to preach. That was scary. I stepped in a position I'd never been in before. I started doing something I'd never done before. I said, Lord, I can't do this without you. He said, that's good thinking right there. When you bring God's word, you bring his word, not words a man wants to hear. Most of the time, we don't want to really hear what God says. Oh, God, I don't know. He said, you better listen. Because you're going to stand before me one day, and I'm going to be asking you some questions. I hope you can pass the test. We need to listen to what God says. And sometimes we just need to forget what man says. Sometimes man wants to take God's word and turn it to his benefit instead of the benefit of God. We don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to preach what God's word says. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to water it down. I'm not going to say that God said for you to do this and he didn't tell you to do that. But God says, you don't change up my word. You don't take away from it and you don't add to it. I have given you what I want you to have. <coughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Y'all know that. I'm going to preach God's word. <coughs> and what he wants you to hear. You know, there comes a time in our life when we just need to confess that our way is not working. And some of us don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. And you need to let go of your pride, get rid of your stubbornness, and forget about fear. For God said, I did not give you the spirit of fear, but that of love, power, and a sound mind. Fear is a spirit. Fear is from the enemy, not from God. So don't be counting on fear. If you're, if you're looking at that fear, you're taking it from Satan. He says, I did not give you the power of fear. I did not put fear in your life. So when we start fearing things, you're falling into Satan's trap. Know that God did not give you that spirit of fear. But he gave you the power of his love, of a sound mind. Stand on that. Hold on to it. When fear starts, starts coming at you, I'm not accepting this because this is not from God. I know where it's coming from and I rebuke it right now in the name of Jesus. Don't let that fear get a hold of you. If this comes a time, we have to let Jesus take control of the boat. To let him run that boat. Let him drive the boat. Then you'll find how easy it is to fill your nets to the point of breaking. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you an abundant life. Isn't that what he said over there? John 10.10. He tells us, Satan, what was he talking about? Satan came but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Then Jesus said, but on the other hand, I come to give you life and to give it to you in abundance. You have to make the choice of what you want.
You want Satan? Or do you want the abundance of God? I think we all want the abundance of God. Because he can give it to you so overflowing, just like he did for Peter and them. He gave them an abundance of fish that was breaking their nets and almost sinking their boats. How would you like to have that kind of abundance at your house? More than you know what to do with. Matter of fact, God said, I shall open the windows of heaven and I will pour out blessings on you that you cannot contain. That's in Malachi. He wants to bless you because you're his. You're his children and he loves you. But you've got to let him bless you. You've got to let him bless you. In other words, the whole thing boils down is put your trust in God. Put your trust in God. I'm going to finish up right here with this last scripture. And you all know probably what it is. We say it all the time. It's in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge God, and He will direct your paths. Not you. God will direct your paths. When God directs your paths, He puts you on the right path. When God directs your paths, guess what path that is? That's the path we call the narrow road. It's not, sometimes it's not an easy road to travel, but that's going to get you to heaven. If you get on that wide road, that's just going to lead you out into the world. Trust in God with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And then in all your ways, in other words, give God all the glory and all the credit because he deserves it. And he will then guide you. I'm going to ask the band if they will to come up. Maybe today you need to just come to God. Maybe you say, Lord, I need to admit some things. Lord, I need to put you in charge of my life. Lord, I need you to run my boat. I need you to take, take controls. I need to put you in charge. When we put God in charge, believe me, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. So as this band plays, if you're here today, if you need God in control of your life, we've got the altars up here. Come up and ask him. Say, God, I admit, I need you. I want you to control my life. I want you to be in charge. I want you to be in charge, not me. Lord, I admit, I can't do this by myself. It's you I need. If this is you, we've got altars up here. I ask you to come up and just invite God to take charge of your life, to be in your life, to guide your life, and to bless you and your family. God wants to do it. So as this man plays, if you need to come before God today and just ask him, Lord, I need to make some changes. He's here. And he'll make the changes that you need.